Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. Today I'm chatting with Roland. He is, his story is so amazing that you have to sit there and listen to it. It's also very spiritual in nature and I really hope you enjoy it. At the very end, he takes us through a guided meditation and um, it's really cool because honestly, it's all the talking about the the process of positivity, um, energy healing, going into meditation, and I know it's kind of woo-woo to a lot of people, but a lot of times, a lot of forms of meditation can be prayer as well. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode and start thinking about what we put in our mind. Um, I've noticed a lot of messages lately that God is sending me saying, you know, things that are, that I'm putting in my mind are things that I'm focusing on. So I'm trying to be very conscious and very aware of only focusing on the positive and not the negative, but sometimes you know it's really hard. So this is one way to keep me accountable to focus on the positive instead of the negative, and I hope it's one way to keep you as accountable as well. So I hope you really enjoy this episode, and you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today we're going to be talking about being our authentic selves and energy healing and basically everything else, right, Roland? Correct. So introduce yourself. Tell us who you are before we talk about what you do. Oh, well, simply my name is Roland. I'm a licensed pharmacist. I absolutely love meditating and I like to teach people how to meditate and by so doing, help them remember more and more of who they truly are. And that helps them live their authentic selves. Like you said, we would be talking about today. Now you wrote a book who and why you are. So let's talk about that book. Talk about the reasoning behind the book and how you got started the idea about, about the book. Absolutely. Okay. Before I do, I just want to say quick, uh, Melissa, your intro is amazing. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) loves the intro. (laughs) I made it like one afternoon on an iMovie. (laughs) That's awesome. Kudos. That's awesome creativity there. Um, So my book, Who and Why You Are, I wrote that in all of 2018 and published it in 2019. And the book is a culmination of the information that I remembered about my truest identity. One Tuesday morning, August 21st, 2018, um, while I was meditating, I went through what many people would call a kundalini awakening and in that moment and uh the i'm sorry my baby's crying here that's okay (laughs) (laughs) i just became a dad about two weeks ago oh congratulations that's that's fascinating thank you thank you um but anyway in, in in the seven minutes i was meditating and had my kundalini awakening i remembered all this information about my truest identity And it helped explain the earth life experience in a way that I had never, ever come across before. And I realized that it applied not only to me, but to, I'm sorry, um, just, just a sec. Are you going to be able to pause this and cut it out or anything like that? No, you're good. You're good. Keep going. It's real life. Yeah, it is real life. And I'm in the house. (laughs) Sorry, my baby was causing a ruckus there. But anyway. The information applied not, I realized or I remembered that the information applied not only to me, but really to everybody experiencing life on this planet in physical form. And so I wrote the book to literally help anyone who reads it remember who and why they truly are. Wow, it sounds like it's really, like you really, you get into a deep state of meditation. Now let's talk about meditation because 
I, for one, I can't keep my mind still. So are, are there some tips that people can have for to keep their mind still while they're meditating? Because my mind is all over the place. Yes. And Melissa, just so you know, if your mind is all over the place when you meditate and you recognize that, honestly, you are meditating. Oh, wow. That's, that's my truth, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> and <laughs> I say that because when... I started meditating. I didn't know I was meditating. Um, I actually started because I was frustrated with trying to keep up with my work responsibilities as well as my school responsibilities. I had become very tired. And so I decided I would lay in my bed and listen to my body and my mind and my physical being. And essentially, that was me meditating, paying attention to my being in the now and that was it and when i started you hit the nail on the coffin my mind was racing it was going everywhere at 170 miles times 170 miles per hour in every direction and i just thought well what the heck does this mean and what i eventually thought myself to do was not follow any single thought that popped into my mind down a rabbit hole so I learned to observe the thoughts and let them pop up, play around, and then disappear. And the more I spent time with this, the more I was able to do what most people attempt to do early on, which is quiet your mind. Mm -hmm. And then identify with actually no thought or a single thought. Or you can even take it to the next level where... When you're good at not identifying with the random thoughts that pop up in your mind, you can now create thoughts that you want to focus on, which is a beginning stages of visualizations, mm -hmm. which people use for manifesting and stuff like that. And so I got to know, yeah. do you have a tape of you meditating? Do you lead guided meditations? Because you have the voice for a meditation. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Yes, I do. So if you visit my website, which I know you have the link to, or you have my, um, thank you. Yeah. Roland, .com, I have created multiple meditation guides that you can download and use. I have also created a series of, you know, that basically takes the meditation guide to another level. It includes a video. You can see me. I'll talk with you. And then at the end of that, I have a guided meditation that you can use. Now, I did not send this link to you, but on Insight Timer, which is one of the most popular meditation app, I have some um, audio on there that you can also listen to. And uh, I'm available. I mean, through my website, you can book sessions with me and we can meditate together. And I can literally help you become what I call an effective meditator. Like literally everybody is an effective meditator. Just need to help you remember how to do it. Wow. So what are the what are the main things behind meditating? Like you said, when you started, you literally just laid in bed and listened to your body. Is there a certain way people are supposed to sit? Is there certain things? Should they be comfortable? All these types of things. Are there certain ways? Those are great questions, Melissa. And the answer is no. <laughs> there is no specific certain way to do anything. What I help people do is become comfortable with the way that they would like to do the practice. Now, the more you do it, the better you're going to become at it. And then the more you're going to refine the practice to suit your needs. So I'll give you an example. If I want to meditate before I go to bed, usually I will sit and not think about anything and try to get to that state of no thought. Um, let my body really relax. And when that happens, the what I call energies around me begin to readjust and so that they become a more what I would call balance state. And that allows me to have really deep, profound sleep and interesting experiences afterwards. If I'm trying to problem solve, on the other hand, and I know the question I'm trying to answer, then I can hold that question in my mind and through... Um, my meditative practice during such a session, I would now open myself to the universe to receive the answers to me. And they can come in many ways. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm not 
like the best at interpreting um, the information that comes to me because it can come as pictures, sounds, feelings, um, sensations throughout my body. And the more I'm working, the better I am at interpreting this information. And there are other times when you just contemplate. Um, and contemplation is similar to answering questions that you have or you may be contemplating on if you are religious, maybe a scripture that you read, or if you're spiritual and you read some profound spiritual truth, you may be contemplating on that knowledge, and you can focus on that as well during meditation. And so there are many ways to do this. As far as the posture, I recommend that when you are going to meditate, maybe sit upright. Um, you might not be flexible to adopt the lotus position, but that should not be a hindrance for you. Um, you can also lay down. I would say if you're going to lay down to meditate, preferably it's at night before you go to bed because you're more than likely to catch the disease of falling asleep. Yeah, when you lay down to meditate. Um, but beyond that, I I would say do not get too caught up on one way to meditate, etc., Seriously, I would love to work with anybody to help them develop a customized, effective meditating practice. Now, you're a pharmacist, so how did you get involved in doing all this meditation, all the spiritual healing? Because most of the time, people that are in the science world aren't really big in the spiritual world. Ah, that's a that's another great question. Um, so I really stumbled upon this, I would say, by accident. But today, I understand that there are no such things. It really just started again when I was frustrated with being a pharmacist and going to business school at the time. I was really, you know, I would say almost clinically depressed and I wanted to find a way to cope. And then being a pharmacist, I held my biases, which included not wanting to take medita uh, medications. And so I thought there's got to be another way to uh, heal. And sitting down and listening to my body, I started having this very profound, unusual experiences that nothing in pharmacy school prepared me for, nothing in my religious upbringing prepared me for as well. But they were very real. And the results were also very visceral and tangible. I felt so much better after a meditating session. So an example would be very early on when I started, I started to see lights twirling in what most people refer to as your third eye. Now, you know, <laughs> I was, what, 27, 28 years old at the time, and I'd never, ever imagined that was possible. I had never even heard of a third eye. I mean, I'd gone to pharmacy school. I was knee-deep in business school. I was raised up Catholic. The whole idea of chakras was unusual to me. <laughs> but here I am sitting down in my bed or laying in my bed and paying attention to my body, and all of a sudden... I see these very soft, beautiful, you know, lights. There were two. It was a gray and a light, gray light and a white light just twirling in my eye like a lava lamp. It was kind of hypnotic, and it scared the crap out of me. I can imagine. <laughs> it did, because I had no foundation that prepared me for such an experience. But when I was done, I felt really good. And just because I felt so good, I thought I should try this again. And that's what led me to continue to explore the practice, have experiences, do research, feel really good, <laughs> then go back and do it. And eventually led to the awakening on August 21st, 2018, and a realization that this whole time, the more I was meditating, the more I was actually self-healing. And I mean, I discuss a couple of the experiences in my book where I was able to heal my dry eyes after going through LASIK eye correction surgery. Um, I had some very profound back pain from sitting on a computer all day um, and working in a hospital that I thought I needed surgical intervention for. But no, just by meditating and giving my body the space to rebalance itself by exposing it to this unconditionally loving source energy that we all have access to um i i really was self-healing and i thought there is something to this and so i have continued to explore it vehemently so are you still a pharmacist too 
I am. I'm still licensed. You're like, are are you still practicing? That's what I'm saying. Are oh. are you doing something totally different now? I am doing something totally different. Um, well, I shouldn't say not totally different. I'm not practicing right away. I just took a break um, starting August of last year. I relocated with my wife, and it just mm -hmm. seemed like a good time to take a break and focus on my podcast. And then uh, I'm also starting another business on the side doing other things. So Yeah, but you always have that to fall back on. <laughs> Indeed, I, I, I do. That is correct. So let's talk about your, your healing, because honestly, a lot of people think that's woo-woo stuff, but if you're able to heal your body, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to laugh to be insensitive, uh, but you're right. It, many people feel that way, and they have, the, from my opinion, full license too. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to appreciate about human beings and the way this environment, earth life environment is set up, is that when we come here, we forget our truest selves. And when we do, we have no choice but to create an identity that kind of defines who we are. Many people refer to that as the ego. But this identity that we're creating is really limited to our experiences and also how open-minded we are to experiences that we have not had personally. Now, the human being is such a fascinating creature that it can learn by proxy. So what I mean by that is if I watch you put your hand in fire and you burn yourself, I know that I don't have to experience that yep. <laughs> personally to learn not to do it. So we have that ability. But for some things, depending on how we were raised, our conditioning, our programming, and I really want to stress that there is absolutely nothing wrong with any which way any single person is raised and the beliefs that we hold because they're all malleable, they're not permanent. We might find it that it's more difficult to accept, to accept certain things versus other ones. Mm -hmm. And so energy healing is one that most people have a harder time accepting. Unless, of course, they actually experience something um, visceral themselves. And then at that point, it's really hard to to say this is not real and then also most people who have had that experience like i would not go out fighting somebody to say this is absolutely real you need to believe it i respect your path and i'll support you and also tell you this at a time when i did not believe that this was real and i thought western medicine or pharmaceuticals were the only way to heal because this source from which we all originate is so unconditionally loving, it has that available to you as well to use to help you heal. And, and what I mean by that is if you like energy healing, there are thousands of energy healers available that you can work with, including me. If you don't care for it and you prefer pharmaceuticals or traditional mm -hmm. Western medicine, <laughs> there are all kinds of medical doctors and pharmacies available for you to explore to help you heal. The underlying truth in both those avenues is you as the individual exercising your rights to free will and leveraging your beliefs and understanding of who you are and your relationship to everything and everyone else to help you heal. Mm. Now, that was a mouthful, and I hope I made sense through all of it, but essentially, yeah. So let's talk about energy healing. I, that was actually one of the things I didn't send you a talking point on, but now you've talked about and I actually wrote down before we came on. I can need to ask him about that. So what exactly is it and how long does it normally take people to heal? Is it different cases for different people? Yes, um, for sure it is. It's going to be as unique as you are unique as an individual. The way I practice energy healing is multifold. So primarily what I'm trying to do is help you remember that the entire universe is really you expressed in a unique form. This entire universe is unconditionally loving. It will always give you what you want. Asterix, if you believe that you deserve it, truly, okay, there's always that sense of understanding who you are and your relationship to the universe 
and what you get from it it will always give you what you want if there is a gap it's usually because there's a part of you that feels either you don't deserve it or you have a conflicting belief that's the universe is actually showing you you have this conflicting beliefs by the outcomes and so we have many stories in life of people going through spontaneous remissions and treatments and we have some people who don't and you wonder but what's the underlying cause of this chasm or what's the underlying cause of these differences in how people work with energy and then experience outcomes and it goes back to the individual individual beliefs um, but the way you know essentially it works is by creating usually i will help you create space and when i say space it's basically moving you into a state of being where you can now communicate one-on-one -on -one with the universe and if you're clear about what you want if you have a headache for instance and you say i don't want to have a headache anymore then you can communicate with the universe that you have learned everything you need to learn by experiencing a headache. You appreciate that you can, but thank you. I don't need to experience a <laughs> headache anymore. And I want to go back to the state of being where I don't have a headache. And it's basically that simple and you can make it a lot more complex. I've actually done that many times um, where I would have headaches. And as soon as I realized that I have a headache, um, get into a meditative state and kind of if I can look back at moments in my day that may have caused me to have the headache, appreciate the lessons there, um, appreciate the fact that I can even have a headache, which is so profound. I know it sounds insane, but mm -hmm. appreciating that you can have a headache is actually a deep spiritual experience. Um, and then say, all right, I'd like to go back to not having the headache. And usually within minutes, and this is no joke, it's gone. Other deep-rooted um, experiences or issues that you might be trying to mitigate might take longer. Um, but, yeah. Wow, it's gone just like that once you get in that meditative state and go through those motions? It is. This is a true story. So earlier this year, and this was um, exactly on in February, February 6th it was, and I know because it was um, my spouse's birthday, we were going out to dinner. And I was in the kitchen here um, just preparing some food. We had just gone grocery shopping and, and whatnot. So I was putting the things away, and I had this, this headache, which was just right there in my head while I was putting away all the food. And we got ready to leave for dinner. We get out of our apartment, and we get to the stairs, and it just dawned on me that I, I've had this headache for about the last three hours. I don't need it anymore. And when I decided that, and I did a little meditation, which is, it's kind of, it can be confusing, but it's understanding that as far as we are the entire universe, and then we can pick and choose um, paths that we want to be in. So I wanted to experience the next, you know, hours or the rest of my life without this headache starting right now. And so you can do a meditation or visualization where you shift, you shift your perception or your timeline to that space accepting that you've already experienced the headache and you've gone down that path. You don't need to experience it anymore. And then accept that that's what I want to experience now. And I did that. And before I came down one flight of stairs, the headache was gone. Um, this is absolutely true. And that's one of many examples. So how long did you meditate? In this instance, it was literally... It was less than a minute because I swear it was getting at the top of a flight of stairs. And then before I could, before I got to the bottom of that one flight of stairs, it was gone. Um, so in this case, it was about visualization, having um, that whole entire process set, um, working with timelines, understanding that I have, you know, multiple timelines that I can pick from understanding that all of them happen simultaneously and then choosing which one I want to experience right now, but not looking at every other timeline as inferior to what I'm experiencing, literally appreciating them as um, opportunities for me to move through. 
Uh, the reason why I was asking is because you said before you got down to a fly of stairs, and most of the time when people go meditate, their eyes are closed. And I'm like, oh, no, you fell down the stairs. That's why I was asking. <laughs> that's, one, that's one way to get rid of the headache is just to die, right? Fall down the stairs and <laughs> I don't have a headache anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my attempt at humor. But no, uh, again, I've been meditating many years since 2013, 14. And it's like a muscle. The, if you go out to the gym and you're working out your biceps regularly, eventually they're going to get very big. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with meditating. The more you spend time exploring the practice, the better you can. And you can create shortcuts like I just did That, in that sense. So the... So even if meditation doesn't work for someone in the beginning, just to stick with it, then because it'll eventually it will kick in because of the practice or. Yeah. And I've created some content to help people or anyone who is interested in meditating and feels that way to remember that it's, it's tough for me. And this is my bias. It's tough for me to understand how meditation might not work for anybody. And here's why. When you are meditating in, in any form, what you're essentially doing is reconnecting with your truest self. Mm. And, and so it would be almost impossible for anyone not to be able to reconnect with who they are truly. That's like saying, I can't find a way home. Um, now I say that and I, I realize that some people might be homeless. But it's literally like saying, I can't find a way to my true identity at, at any point in time even if you identify solely with your ego you mm -hmm. you can always find a way back to melissa mm -hmm. uh, so you can always meditate because you're literally going back to who you truly are and then communicating exchanging information with that authentic true self of yours and then telling them how you want to experience life now as your ego as melissa Many times we might think that it's tough just because we are identifying too much with the character that we're playing, with the mm -hmm. um, ego that we've created and the beliefs associated with that ego. And the primary one is I can't meditate. It's too hard. My thoughts mm -hmm. are everywhere. I don't have time for this. I got kids. I have a job. Uh, what, are you, what are you talking about, Roland? I'm not flexible enough. Mm -hmm. Right? We have all this I'm not everything. Uh, but the beautiful thing is that Every time you're saying you're not something, you are it, just not to the degree that you think you should be. And that alone should help you realize that you can get, you can shift, you can shift um, who or whatever you think you are not to become who or whatever you think you should be. And meditating is literally closing that gap of, I believe I'm not this to I believe I should be this entirely possible yeah the question that kept going through my mind during that time when you were talking was like what if we don't know who we are because <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> of people out there that are still floundering <laughs> around wondering what am i supposed to be who am i supposed to be you know what am you know so that kind of meditation can kind of help you get into that kind of state too right to realize yes. who you're supposed to be oh that's that's such a beautiful realization i'm glad you threw that out and to answer or just to throw my two cents, I'm going to read a section of my book, if you don't mind. It's really short. It's the epigram. Um, the epigram. I mean, it's right at the beginning of the book where if anybody is, is kind of floundering or feels like they don't know who they are, um, when you open my book, the epigram literally says, you are simple. You are complex. You are everything. You are nothing, but you are, and that you are is enough. It's more than enough. And so if at any point you're sitting and you're thinking, I don't know who I am, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, in interestingly enough, my understanding is <clears throat> by saying you cannot not know who you are by saying, I don't know who I am. You're indirectly saying I am somebody. I am. I am somebody who doesn't know who I am. And that's perfect. You are serving the creator by thinking that, feeling that, saying that. And that's, that's, it sounds counterintuitive, but just by being aware 
of who you are or just by being aware of the fact that you don't know who you are honestly it's perfect it's good enough now i love that i love that i i would actually love to read your book because it sounds like you have a lot of great um, amazing thoughts in there for people that thoughts are all over the place <laughs> yeah who wouldn't i mean i would love to send you a copy if you want um it's available on amazon it's available through my website if you want an autographed copy it's also available as um an audiobook and the kindle version i do want to say this it's been out for two years and some of the feedback i'm getting is that it can be pretty dense and so that basically means um if you aren't in a deep spiritual or on a deep spiritual path or if you've not been exploring a lot of these concepts it, this might be a little challenging to to grasp and so to supplement that i've created um a bunch of short audio recordings on insight timer oh. that go follow along each chapter and you can always just reach out to me too if you're reading i would encourage you to read and yeah give me your feedback I love the fact that you created something with, with Insight Timer to help people read. Because a lot of people are like, no, it's my book. It's my words. It, like it or not, it's out there. I'm not going to do anything else. But I love how you're actually trying to benefit your readers as well for this. I appreciate that. And I really am. I mean, this information is it's life-changing. Just from my personal experience, it's and altered my entire perception of reality in a way that I can appreciate if you haven't gone through that kind of experience, it would be tough to grasp. And so if I can help you even question your truths just a little bit and shift, expand your consciousness just a little bit, um, it would be my absolute honor. So how does that correlate with your background? With your, You said you were raised Catholic. So how does that kind of... Because I know Catholic also... My husband's from Mexico. So I know in Mexico, the Catholics there are very like into the spiritual beings and seeing spirits and seeing our, our, is it ours? Ours. You know yeah. Ours. Ours. Mm -hmm. uh, seeing ours around them, you know? So how does that kind of correlate with your, um, just a second. Um, I'm sorry. So, Great question as far as how this relates to my Catholic background. What it has done is expand my understanding of the Catholic teachings as well as every other religion in the world. Now, I say that and I really want to clarify, I've not studied all religions in the world. I've kind of just grouped them into this pot of understanding in my mind that they all represent paths to this infinite source that we all come from. And that's it. Um, they are stepping stones in each one of these religions. And I can speak specifically to the Catholic teachings that I was raised in are these same universal truths that I express in my book, as well as many other popular spiritual books out there. The power of now, um, uh, the autobiography of a yogi, for instance, all these books are literally accessing the same source of information and bringing it in their own unique flares. And my book is no different. Um, it was super interesting. This is a true story. After I had my awakening, I thought, oh my goodness, I have tapped into knowledge that is going to change everybody's life. And I was really excited about writing the book and publishing it. And I wrote a big chunk of the book and I got tired of working on it just because it was my own creative work and i kept reading and editing and i was just tired of looking at the words and so i put the book away and, and went and explored and read some other books and my goodness i in <laughs> i got humbled very quickly thinking i had tapped into some profound knowledge that nobody knew but this information is literally everywhere um i mean everywhere everywhere in religions in science in art in movies in just looking around your house uh, in trees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding because this information is literally the source being expressed in a unique way. And so after having the experience, you kind of pick behind the veil and you can see the workings of the veil now being expressed in physical form. And you see that every, 
entity, everything in physical form is, is literally sharing you this information. Makes me think of the great saying when the student is ready, the teacher appears or something like that. Mm -hmm. When you open your mind to this information, you will literally see it everywhere. Well, this is like when you buy a car and you and you don't see that car before. And now all of a sudden, once you see that car, you see like tons of cars just like yours on the road. <laughs> I could not have said that better. That is the creator at work. That is the creator at work. When you focus on something, when you become aware of something, you see it everywhere. So when you become or like I became aware of the creator in everything and all things, and I literally see that everywhere in, in its mechanisms in all workings. Um, and it's connection to everything too. So that was a great example. I love it. So let's talk about the importance of being and expressing our authentic selves, because a lot of people like put on these masks and they put on a good front and they're not really true to who they are, or even not true, not, they have trust issues. So they, they're afraid that, Hey, if people really knew who I was, they won't, they wouldn't like me. Well, that is such a deep, question and I love it and to that I want to say the major reason why it's really great to be authentic which requires you to be vulnerable as well is that it moves the collective human consciousness closer to this source creator faster and I say that knowing that there is no such thing as faster because we're all going to get there and time is an illusion and all that jazz. But pre precisely that's really why is we move closer in love and we remember that we are literally all one way faster when we're super authentic. One way to think about this would be if you were on a team, maybe a football team, and you had everybody playing different roles. You had your linemen, you had your receivers, your running back, and your quarterback. If the wide receivers weren't authentically themselves, if they weren't playing the role of the wide receiver as best as they can, if they showed up to a game and were fighting to be the quarterback, for instance, or a lineman, for instance, it would slow down the ability of the team to play as well as they could. And the team might likely lose because there would be maybe some infighting. Mm -hmm. It would just slow down the ability of the team overall. And that's the same for the human race. We're literally all connected. And the more we are ourselves, the more we remember who we truly are and we express that authentically, the better it is for everybody. We're just moving consciousness. Excuse me. We're moving consciousness along this path a lot faster and a lot more efficiently. That's really my biggest understanding of why it's important to be authentic. And but, again, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You said again. Oh, yeah. But again, um, my epigram, which I just read, said, as you are, you're, you're perfect is enough. So if you're in a space where you're struggling with who you are, that's great. Because, again, you're showing that that's one way to experience yourself. Mm -hmm. And if that struggle is doing anything, it's helping you see a gap between what you currently are and what you believe you should be. Now, the next part would be for you to find the will or the gumption to close that gap. And many different practices can help. Many different teachers can help. Many different um, fellow human beings, including me, can help you kind of close that gap. Wow. So now a lot of a lot of things with authentic is the trust issue. I mean, that's that's huge. A lot of people aren't vulnerable enough. And you mentioned it earlier. How do we get past that and be vulnerable and be vulnerable with people? The same way we get past anything is by as much as we can and as comfortably as we can stepping into that space. And here's what I mean. If you feel like being vulnerable is hard, do it slowly. But you have to do it. One way to appreciate why being vulnerable is is really, really amazing. And I say all this, and I want to let you know that I'm not like as vulnerable as I know I can be as well. Because I am human. It's part of the game here. But the idea of being super vulnerable corresponds really well with my understanding of unconditional love. 
And a very good example that we can all relate to is the sun in the sky that we see every day. So the sun is so reliable and so vulnerable at the same time, but it's such a high consciousness being that we can appreciate. It shines its light on everything, everybody, all the time. And we know exactly where it's going to be, when it's going to be, etc. And it doesn't judge. It doesn't say, I'm shining my light for you to dry your clothes in the sun only. I'm shining my light for you to, you know, use that to power your house if you have solar panels on your mm-hmm. roof or something. I'm shining my light for you to get a tan, for instance. <laughs> I'm shining my light for you to get sun cancer for it or skin cancer for it or something yeah. like that you know it doesn't judge it says this is who i am i am the sun i'm going to be in the sky right here every day all the time you can study me as much as you can i'm not going to change you can you know use me however you wish i'm still just going to be here shining my light now that's such a high level of consciousness to mm-hmm. experience life as But we are all capable of doing that. And the only way to be that loving and predictable and so open is to be super vulnerable as well. Like literally lay all your cards at the table and say, Melissa, this is who I am as Rolanda Chenjang. What are you going to do? Right? Just make it. And it's hard. It's hard because we we hold our cards close to our chest. We want to we want to identify with our ego. We want to play games. Uh, we still identify so much with the illusion of separation, and that's fine. It's part of the Earth Life game. But we would not be brave souls if we did not choose to come here and you know experience this and then try to learn to love more in our own pace, follow our own paths to eventually get to those states. I don't know if that made sense, but I hope it did. <laughs> yeah, it did, it did. Which brings me to the next thing is finding strength to express what inspires us and, and about who we are. So how do we find that strength? Uh, that's a great question. Um, trust and faith. Um, usually you will once you know that you aren't doing it for any personal gain per se. You're doing it because you genuinely feel that it will help whoever is going to be exposed to the information that you're sharing. You're doing it because you genuinely feel that it will help whoever is going to be um, exposed to the information that you're sharing. And I said that twice on purpose, uh, just so that that information resonates. And, and that's it for me. Um, it, it, because with me, this information is... It's, it's so true. It's universal. It's always been around, but it's kind of hidden. And for as long as I can remember, teachers have been expressing these same knowledge and truth throughout humans eternity, ever since we started incarnating on this planet, but we're still struggling with it. And there's a reason why. And so if I, I feel that by sharing this information, even though it's, you know, it's making me feel vulnerable, it's my one way that I'm serving the infinite creator. And remember, just by being, that's enough. The creator loves you unconditionally for that. And so it's remembering that, oh, I am this creator and I can contribute to the experiences that I'm having and the experiences that my other selves are having too. And then asking yourself, well, how do I want to contribute? How do I want to be remembered? How do I want to affect my environment, my community, my family members, the people that are close to me? Who do I want to be to them? essentially right who am i being and that's how you find that courage so are there steps that you can go to 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 figure out what in what inspires you what sets you you know kind of makes you apart from something else um this will sound very biased but i absolutely love meditating (laughs) (laughs) i knew you would come back and meditating (laughs) i'm sorry so, and I, I, I throw that out because it's the one thing that you can do to literally connect yourself with your truest self. And so when you, when you do that and you trust that this truest self will answer your deepest questions, you can hold the thought, what 
do you as the one infinite creator wish to experience through me? What can I express that you want to experience? Now, often the answer you're going to get back is whatever you really want to feel. Um, and or it could be something very specific. But oftentimes you can ask yourself, you know, the question of who am I being? And is this who I really want to be? That's a good question you can ask yourself in order to know, you know, what to do. Otherwise, you can use feelings. So how excited are you about doing what you think you should do? Does it drive you? Are you vehemently researching the topic? Does it come naturally to you? Does it make you smile? Are people giving you feedback as in, man, you're really good at this or you're so great at this? Even if they're not, right? Because when I say that, I feel like you're going to be going external outside of yourself to find validation. Mm-hmm. But for things that just come, I don't want to say naturally, but things that just they make you feel so good, you, you just can't not do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That that would be one one thing to do. But above all else, I love meditating. I tell you, all your answers are there. <laughs> it's like things that flow easily for you that you really don't have to work at. Is that basically what you're saying? Uh, yes. Yes or no. Now, I'll say yes, because if it's something you're really passionate about, what most people might consider working at would be fun for you. Uh, so there would be that shift. So, for instance, I love that you do these podcasts. I do podcasts as well. And I love doing that. I just love having conversations with people. It's a lot of work. You're researching the guests. You're asking questions. You're recording. You're editing. I'm transcribing. I mean, it takes about six to eight hours to produce one of my podcasts now someone would say that's a lot of work and to me it's a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) just just that feeling makes it seem like oh i love doing this and so i i I invest the time in there that's why i say um yes to somebody it might seem like work but to you how does it feel does it feel like work and if it if it's work that's fun Go for it. The universe will support you. I absolutely believe that. Now, I keep hearing you keep saying you're very careful about saying the universe. I think it's is it because you want other people, not just those that are that are Christian or religious to open themselves up to what the universe is asking? Not because you say creator a couple of times, but it's because you study different religions as well. Yes, that's a good point. I even discussed that in my book. Now, many of us, with just the way the environment is built in, uh, we attach emotions and meaning to words, right? And if I say God, nothing wrong with it. Most Mm -hmm. people have an idea of what God is. When I say the universe or the one infinite creator, I'm literally referring to the God that you think. The issue with the word God is that we've set limits to it. And Mm -hmm. this is where it's challenging, is if, if you... Really sit and ask yourself who or what God is, um, right? You may start to, to define God and then you might stop somewhere. And then you would have left out all of what God is by not defining that. And then if I said God was what you didn't describe, you might say, no, that's not God. But my understanding is God is the universe, including you and me. And this universe is everything. There's nothing that isn't. And so I, I use that word so that you're not thinking the God that you believe in. Um, nothing wrong with that anyway. But for someone, if you've if you've gone through like a similar experience like I did, and I say God, you realize that I'm really talking about this limitless form that, unfortunately, as humans, we tend to limit by our ability to describe. So even I can't tell you the infiniteness of god so i just say the universe and i yeah, love it at that <laughs> it's kind of removing all the restrictions from what the that society puts on things absolutely that was a that was a fantastic catch too thanks for pointing that out but yeah conscious choice of words universe or the creator and i think that's a, basically what meditation is too is moving those those restrictions that we put on ourselves Absolutely. Um, And 
you know, you, if I can piggyback off, off of that, that's actually a very good exercise you could do while meditating. Um, you can say, I am this. And every time you say, I am something, you're indirectly saying you are nothing. But in meditation, you, you, those I am nothings begin to disappear. And then you realize that, oh, you are literally everything. You are both what you think you are and both what, as well as what you think you are not. Um, and that's an expanded level of consciousness to attain. And that will really change the way you interact with your environment once you realize that. Now, after meditation, are you more calmer when situations come up? You're like, or you're not like, hold on, let me meditate. You're like, you know, people like, hold on. You know, you see all these spiritual gurus that are in these comedy shows and they're going, hold on, got to meditate. Mm, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I have to admit that I'm kind of like that. If I find myself <laughs> not in balance, that's my cue to take time out and sit and meditate. My family knows this. I know this. I'll tell you I meditated before I came on chats from the blog cabin. It helps me center and it helps me shift my focus because I was editing a podcast before this and I was kind of focused on that conversation. It was a different topic. And then I took 15 minutes to focus on being here, being fully present, and uh, being able to create something amazing with you. And so just that 15-minute meditative session helped me rebalance, recenter myself. Um, I still do. Now, I have crazy wishes. Uh, Like I said, I'm not fully (laughs) zen all the time. To eventually get to a place where I don't have to meditate, right? That my entire interaction with all the entire universe is just a meditative practice. It's entirely possible. And Mm so it's a work in progress for me, but when I get there, I'll let you know, Melissa. (laughs) So you talk about centering yourself. So let's talk about that real quick. Mm -hmm. You know, you said, of course, meditation is going to be your thing about centering or you're out of balance. How can you tell if you're out of balance? Um, The more you know yourself, the more you'll be able to tell. So you're out of balance. If in the simplest form, you're able to describe yourself using maybe an adjective. If I say I have a headache, I'm out of balance because I know what it's like not to have a balance, not to have a headache. If I say I am tired, oh, I'm out of balance. If I say I am hungry, I'm out of balance. If I say I need to use the restroom, I'm out of balance. So that's basically. Or if I say I'm agitated, I feel funny. That's it. Um, and so homeostasis is, is really when you are quote unquote in balance and that's always going to shift. So the more time you spend in meditation with a very calm centering presence, then the more your state of awareness of being in balance shifts. So here's an example. I used working out earlier as something you can do and that the more you do, the stronger you get. So being in balance would shift like weights if you were doing bench press. If you started with maybe 25-pound plates on each side, after a week, maybe you'd be able to move to 30-pound plates and then 35 and 45s. So your strength is increasing. Same thing as well, as well for knowing that I'm in balance. That's also going to continue to shift. And then your my benchmark is always going to be the highest state of connectedness with everything and everyone um and i'll try to now bring that into my everyday waking life wow i don't know i don't know if that made sense (laughs) (laughs) it did now i'm gonna put you on the spot here because we didn't talk about this before but listening to you can you lead us through a meditation a short meditation sure sure i can um sure i can that is putting me on the spot (laughs) <laughs> is there is there a particular intention that you have or I'm thinking because I want to have this show after all our moms are on after we do all the the women's issue and have the very next one because that kind of goes into self-care and knowing who we are and be taking care and taking time to take care for ourselves so maybe something along that lines All right, along self-care? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We can certainly do that. Um And so I'll close my eyes here and ask that you do the same. And at this time, 
I would ask that you bring your attention to your breath. And observe it. And let your body relax into your breath. And if your mind is racing already and you're thinking of thoughts, just go back to your breathing. And let your body relax even further into your breath. And now we will do a short visualization where you picture yourself right where you are in the space that you are. So if you're seated somewhere, just picture yourself seated right where you are, right now. You don't need to go anywhere else. And around you is this white light forming and creating a barrier of protection around you, about five feet all around you and extending infinitely above and below you. And within this white light, you are now connected with your higher self yourself could appear to you in any way, in any form, sound, sensation, or feeling. It could be a color as well. As you become aware of the presence of your higher self, you can think and communicate with it telepathically, telepathically, sorry, and tell it exactly what you want it to know. Ask your higher self to feel your mind with the knowledge of how to take care of yourself. Ask your higher self. Give you the strength and the will to actually see through taking care of yourself. begin to smile that's beautiful if you feel sensations if you see colors if you hear anything that's beautiful continue to sit in this space and be open-minded to receiving all you have asked from your higher self from the universe.
you can sit here as long as you wish. Whenever you decide to come back to your body, express gratitude to your higher self and the universe for always being there for you and supporting you, particularly in this moment. And with deep gratitude for the experience, observe the white light dissipate. As you begin to wiggle your toes, open your eyes and come back to the here and now. Wow. I had it on you because I felt like if people looked or tuned in, they need to be focused on you and not what I was doing. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> but I saw yeah. purple. Awesome. That's great. I've so, never seen any colors before. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So a great thing to do would be journaling. So you can write that down. And um, many times purple is associated with the crown chakra. So that's really great. That means you, I would say you were connected with your higher self there and receiving information. And the more time you spend exercising or doing exercises like these, you can easily discern that information. Um, I was smiling and I felt a lot of love and warmth come through me. And usually that's that's how I respond to um, sort of my meditative experiences. But for different people, it would be different. And that you saw colors, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I saw purple. Yeah. I was like, man, I've never seen colors before. So I told you, it's your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you would, I mean, um, for that, you would be, I don't know, have you ever had an energy healing session? No. Okay. Those are also fascinating. I mean, I've had, a, I've provided a couple of sessions to family members and some friends, and they usually come away feeling very relaxed. And some of them see colors or other beings or entities. Um, I'm always humbled when I provide a session for anybody, but essentially it's kind of the same thing. That's what energy healing is. It's re just reconnecting with the, the universe, the creator of all things, and, and telling them, hey, I want to be able to self-heal. Well, give me the knowledge, and I'll do my best to muster up the will to actually express it. Wow. Our time is almost up, but is there any little nugget that you want to leave people with? Like one little last tidbit of wisdom? Yes. Uh, for all that I can remember, as you are, you are unconditionally loved by the creator of all things. This is true. Unconditional means there are no conditions for you to have access to this love, for you to receive this love, for you to always be as loved. I mean, the only condition is that you are. And just by being aware of yourself, even if you are aware of yourself as someone who doesn't know who they are, paradoxic paradoxically, that's you being aware of yourself. And that's all, that's all it takes for you to be unconditionally loved. And the interesting thing is, since there is only one, there is no other, it's literally you loving yourself and your other selves unconditionally. Mm. You're like, hmm. Yeah. So where can people find you at? Uh, thank you, Melissa. I am on Facebook and Instagram at Roland Achenjang, just my first name and last name, and my website, RolandAchenjang.com, which Melissa so kindly put on the screen, has information to all the work that I'm doing, my book, my podcast, energy healing, and much more. And your book. And Love my book. Part. Yeah, the autographed versions. Um, you can also buy them through any retailer if you wish. Um, and the audiobook is out, and you can get that through just about any retailer as well. And, uh, yeah, you can always reach out to me, I tell you. I'm here. Love to help. Your audiobook, are you actually talking in the audiobook? I am. I'm the one. I'm reading it to you. I mean, what, what more can you ask for, right? Oh, uh, you're really? <laughs> yeah. And on Inside Timer as well, like I said, if you wanted to check out those uh, recordings that explain every chapter, you can start there before you delve into the book to see if it's something that resonates with you. Um, if not, I mean, just listen to it. It's free. What's the yeah. worst that can happen? 
<laughs> really, you could come away with some amazing sense of who you are, or at least who to delve into, delve into more who you are. I thought my words got backwards there. <laughs> it's okay. Absolutely. But you're right, Melissa. Yeah. All right, Roland, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for actually going through, even though I put you on the spot for the meditation. Thank you for doing that as well. No, I appreciate it. It's my favorite thing to do. So every opportunity I have, I'm going to take it. And uh, thank you too, Melissa, for showing up the way you are and for creating such a platform for me to be able to share my experiences and story. And uh, kudos to you and all your listeners. All right. Guys, we will see you on the next chat from the Blog Cabin. Bye. Y'all, I really hope you enjoy this episode with Roland. It was a really great episode. And I kept purposely kept in the part when um, his wife comes in with their new baby and the baby's crying because I want you to feel like you're actually sitting at home and these things are going to happen in life. We're going to get interrupted. Just like when I interviewed James Thompson a couple of podcasts back and he somebody was delivering a package as he came you know and, and as he was talking to me and he's like hey how you doing nice day you know and carried on a little brief conversation while he was having a conversation with me so i want you to be able to see and peek inside the lives of everybody and know that we're all struggling and we're all dealing with pretty much the same thing and we just have different stories to tell of how we overcome those struggles um, I really want to thank you so much for being part of the podcast family. Please like, leave a rating and review wherever you listen it to. And if you're ever on YouTube, go over to YouTube and subscribe. Um, that's where you can see the live chats first. And thank you so much. Be blessed. And most importantly, remember, keep chatting. <laughs>